Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Thank you, Scott Shannon. And thanks to all of you for being with us. Happy Friday, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, Linda, I have no medication in my system at all. Can you believe it? It's Actually, a, I tell you what, act, it's a glorious Friday. It's a glorious Friday. Friday glorious, glorious day. You know, one thing you can't say is happy Monday, but you can say happy Friday for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't think this, anything's happy, but I am very glad you are not on antibiotics. It's a good thing. Yeah, I think a couple of runs at one time is kind of enough, at least for me. Uh, anyway, thank you for being with us. Happy Friday to everybody. Uh, you know, interesting, this came out um, and it's kind of being revealed. Apparently, Team Biden, they are scared to death of this 2024 election in their own campaign memo released Thursday by their campaign manager. They're outlining Biden's strategy for the 2024 election, uh, which, by the way, is going to be a year from Sunday. Should we begin our countdown on Monday? I just think. Oh, my God, no. No, no, no. no. God, no. Why not? It's too long. Even Scott Shannon doesn't want to do it that long. I think he has in past years done it that long. He has, and he begged me. He's like, if you believe in me at all, if you're my friend, you won't do this Uh, to me again. No, this is... Well, maybe we can use some of the old ones again. I don't know if people would know the difference. <laughs> you know, just get a few add-ons. Uh, uh, thanks to the uh, magic of editing through computers, I think it makes it a lot easier. Um, Sean Hannity is on right now. Um, uh, we love Scott. He's doing great, by the way. I talked to him not that long ago. My oh, favorite awesome. calls is when he calls Hannity, Shannon, Hannity. I had no idea who you're talking to for 10 minutes. Why didn't you remind me? I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like 35 years in, I'm still getting program directors calling me. He's <laughs> a good dude. He's the, he's the best by far. Um, all right. So we got a lot of news. So part of this uh, campaign strategy, they think this is going to be a very close election. The campaign wants to avoid. I wonder why they want to avoid a straight referendum on Joe Biden's policies. Uh, which voters give poor marks on, especially the economy. Well, then why have they been pushing the word Bidenomics for how many months now? That's pretty stupid. Then the uh, memo lays out in print what Biden has been doing in in practice since he announced his bid for re-election. I mean, he's a walking disaster. I mean, did you see the tape from earlier today? I'm sure we got it in our pile of stuff here. So he's talking about little Justin, Justin uh, Trudeau, and it sounds like he says Prime Minister Joe. I think Prime Minister Joe and President, and I think Prime Minister Trudeau and President Lachey are also, uh, uh, and I also think President Chavez 
for I want to thank them for committing to establish a new regional this Hugo center of excellence in Costa Rica. Just kidding. Uh, but anyway, so he's totally checked out. I mean, we saw that in that gaggle on Air Force One when he left Israel. I mean, it was a mumbling, bumbling, stumbling, utter disaster. Uh, I guarantee you the biggest part of their plan is to go back to the 2020 strategy, which is to hide him in the basement as long as possible and send out surrogates to do most of the campaigning for him. He's just not strong enough to do it. I don't know how easy that's going to be to pull off, especially in light of the fact they don't have COVID. Uh, they love the idea. You know, the worst part of this is if you look at the legal cases, and I'm putting aside the civil case, you know, by this idiot judge in New York that actually values Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, which is insane. I mean, one need just talk to any realtor in Palm Beach, Florida. And I know realtors in Palm Beach, Florida. I mean, it is one of the most expensive counties in the entire world, not just the country, the world. And it is very, very expensive. They have, for, we put this on TV, there are lots for sale, just a two-acre lot on the ocean, Palm Beach, Florida, no dwelling whatsoever, only dirt to build, two acres, $200 million. If you want an acre and a half, you can get a lot on the ocean for about $150 million. All these other homes that are on the ocean, even homes that have a, a big, big, busy street in front of them, between their home and the ocean, those homes are all $200 million homes, every one of them. I mean, it's crazy. Real estate market down there is nuts. I think per capita, they've, they've got to have the largest percentage of billionaires. Uh, Ken Griffin uh, of Citadel, I think he bought four or five or six lots or something. He paid over $100 million, I think, for each of them. And then he knocked out all the mansions that were on them, and he's building two new mansions. It's going to be a billion-dollar property. So a two-acre lot on the ocean is $200 million. You got 20-plus acres of Mar-a-Lago, which is a, it's, it's a historic landmark in Palm Beach that has not one but basically two clubs. On one side, you have the beach, the ocean. On the other side, you have the intercoastal. You have over 20 acres, multiple dwellings all over the property. You know, I've been there enough to interview President Trump to know this property. I mean, it's a beautiful property and I'd say it's way closer to a billion than 18 million. It's not 18 million. And the irony in all of this is that the, what they're trying to claim is that Donald Trump lied to banks and insurance companies. Now, not one bank didn't get paid back. Now in the contract, in every contract, that the Trump organization has, it tells the lender and it tells insurance companies not to rely on their valuations or their estimates because it's, it's kind of subjective. I mean, you could bring in like five different realtors for any one property. And I don't know, let's say the property is worth somewhere around half a million bucks. And, and you might have estimates from 450 to $600,000 for that one property, just based on varying valuation standards that people have and and the way they come up with valuations it's it's not a perfect science but the fiduciary responsibility no bank is going to lend the kind of money that donald trump is borrowing to, for big projects in in a state like new york to build a big building no 
no lender is ever going to rely on the numbers provided by the person that wants the loan. And they owe it to their own company to do their own research. They have a fiduciary responsibility to all of the people in their company to get that valuation correct. That is on them. And then based on their valuation, they will decide whether they're going to loan the money or not loan the money, insure the property or not insure the property. But the person that wants the loan has and should not have any say in this. And the great irony is, is you got a judge that's willing to go with a phony, false, the worst valuation I've ever heard of in my life. With, with Mar-a-Lago, the very thing that they're saying that the, the Trump organization did wrong. Now, again, this was also a campaign promise of the attorney general of New York. It's only a civil trial. But what they're trying to do is take away any ability of the Trump organization to even work in New York. They want to totally, completely cancel out a family in New York. They want their properties uh, controlled to go to some outside somebody like conservatorship. And then, of course, they want to fine them $250 million, but ban them from ever doing business in New York again. Okay, what about the thousands and thousands of employees? Now, do you think that any banks complained about the arrangements? No. You think any insurance companies have complained? No. Did the banks make a nice profit? Yes. Did the insurance companies likely make a nice profit? I would assume yes, unless there were claims that I don't know about. Uh, so there's nobody that got hurt here, not a single person. And so the question is, well, why are we even here? So it, then if you look at the criminal cases, all right, well, the first one's going to probably be in New York, and that has to do with what Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. That goes back to 20, the 2016 election. Why, is, why does that come up as a trial in the 2024 election? unless it's convenient politically for the Democrats to organize it that way. If it was such an, an, an important and pertinent issue, why didn't they bring charges prior to this? Or the fact that in Washington, D.C., it's, I guess, January 6th related. I'm just assuming. here. I don't, I don't even know these cases. It's like another day Donald Trump gets another arrest, another arraignment, another day in court. And how does one run for president when literally, they literally dump all of this on your head. I don't know how you do it. And maybe that's the whole point. But that goes back to January of 2021. Are you saying that all this evidence existed and you had to wait to the election year to bring the case to trial? Now, I don't think that based on the demographics of New York City, the demogra political demographics, the political demographics of Washington, D.C., the political demographics of Fulton County, Georgia. I just don't believe that Donald Trump has a, a good shot at getting a fair trial. And I stand by that. I think 5% of voters in D.C. voted for Donald Trump. You think he has a good jury pool for his defensive team to choose from? I don't think so. I think in New York City, it was 12%. So I think the likelihood is you're going to have the trials that take place during the election year. Now, where Donald Trump would probably have a better chance at real justice would be in an appeals court. But any appeal, if there's a conviction, would likely take place in an off election year. In other words, you have the trials, possible convictions, even likely convictions in the election year. Then you have the appeals where he has the best shot at real justice. 
and the likelihood of overturning being probably very high because I think they have been overly ambitious and they overcharge and they always outdo it, you know, outdo themselves. You know, look at the case of Virginia Governor Bob McDonald. He was convicted of 11 felonies. And then the Supreme Court unanimously vacated every single one of them. But it took three years to get there and pretty much ruined every aspect of the guy's life. And that happens all the time. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's beyond complicated. And it's, is it fair? No. Is, does this sound like equal justice under the law? No. The Florida case, okay, it's a document case. Well, then you have to go back and ask, well, Hillary Clinton had 33,000 emails. She had servers that we know that some of our biggest geopolitical foes were able to hack into. We know that happened. We know that Hillary Clinton wasn't supposed to have top secret classified information on, on those servers of hers, but she did. James Comey said at the time, no reasonable prosecutor would ever prosecute. Well, that's only because it's Hillary Clinton. And they didn't prosecute. And then we had top secret classified information, 33,000 emails completely destroyed when they wiped a server clean with something called bleach pit something none of us had ever heard about before. And then, of course, uh, they had some employee busting up Blackberries and iPhones with hammers and removing SIM cards just in case there were copies of these top-secret classified emails on somebody's device. Is that obstruction? Well, if his last name is Trump, it would be. You know, we have Joe Biden, four separate locations. In his garage with his beautiful Stingray Corvette, in the one house he owns in Delaware. Then there was documents found in the beach house in Delaware. Then the University of Delaware, they found more documents there than the UPenn Biden Center. They found documents there, but there was never a raid. There's never any charges that are brought. But why did they bring charges against Donald Trump? So you're dealing with Stormy Daniels, Karen McDougal. Uh, you go all the way back to January of 2021, and then you go in Fulton County to you know, November of 2020 and the aftermath of that. And it took them three years to bring charges just in time for a, an election year. Uh, you don't think that does, does that sound like a fair system to you? Do you think the timing seems a little off? But that's that's the environment. Now, how will the American people, if Donald Trump is, in fact, the nominee, react to that? I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know. Yeah, on the one hand, you got a guy that can tout nothing as being successful. Joe run on on his great border policies that he says the border is secure. No. Is he going to run on his great economy? No, the economy is a disaster. Is he going to run on his energy policies? No, that's been a disaster. Is he going to run on his foreign policy strength? He has none. Is he going to run on, uh, let's see, Donald Trump's corrupt with the Biden family syndicate issues hanging over his head? I don't think so. And we may even have an impeachment on top of everything to boot. These are unbelievable times. And by the way, the world is suffering. We're all suffering needlessly. We can control our borders. We can pay a lot less for energy. We can restart and, and jumpstart our economy easily. A lot of it is rooted in energy. You know, we can get tough on foreign policy. And America can be, you know, the country that it should be. Not the disaster of a country that Joe Biden is turning it into. 
and I don't think he knows what day of the week it is. Hey, I want to remind you about the Phoenix Capital Group. Uh, they are inviting you to uh, sign up for their free educational webinar because uh, they want to show you what they're doing, and they want you to invest in the heart of America and also, by the way, supporting U.S. energy independence. And they are connecting private investors just like you with investments in tangible oil and gas assets. Now, investing in these high-yield corporate bonds right now yielding anywhere from 9 to 13% annual interest with monthly payments. Multiple options, different rates and terms that you can choose from. Anyway, sign up for their free educational webinar. You do it by going to phoenixonhannity.com. Now, before making any investment decision, you need to always carefully consider, review any and all risk involved and learn how to diversify your portfolio, now yielding 9 to 13% annual interest with the Phoenix Capital Group. Take their free educational webinar. Just go to phoenixonhannity.com.